Do you know what type of doctor you want to be? With over 160 medical specialties and the rapid pace of medical school, choosing your final path in medicine can be challenging. MedicMap is here to help. Each episode features an interview with a practicing physician across a broad array of specialties and backgrounds. Tune in to discover the insights these professionals have to offer and to get all the juicy details to help you map your career in medicine. Happy listening! Welcome back to MedicMap for a new episode. I'm your host, Sharon Parapoli-Joseph, and today we have the wonderful Dr. Lori Parsons for an episode on a career in dermatology. Dr. Parsons is a dermatologist based in Calgary and a clinical associate professor at the University of Calgary. Her expertise are in wound care and in contact dermatitis, and she has been instrumental in shaping the education of aspiring dermatologists. In addition to her commitment to education at the undergraduate medical level, she also plays a significant role in national dermatology resident physician teaching. I had the privilege of learning dermatology through her lens, and from what I remember, she was extremely receptive to feedback and answering questions, and she left me feeling a little less intimidated about all the things that I had to learn. I'm happy to introduce you all to Dr. Lori Parsons. Hi, Dr. Parsons. It's really good to have you. Do you mind telling the audience a little bit about what you currently do and what your career is like as a dermatologist? Okay. All right. So um, I am a dermatologist. I finished uh, my training at University of Ottawa dermatology training program. Um, then I went back to a very underserviced area. I went back to St. John's, Newfoundland, where I was one of two dermatologists for a population of 500,000 people. So that was kind of crazy. Um, but because of that, I ended up doing contact dermatitis and wound care because it was an area that needed to be done and there was no one else to do it. So since that time, um, most of my work and most of my clinical work is in contact dermatitis and wound care. I do 50% of my time in one and 50% of my clinical time in the other. The other bits that I do, because um, I'm working now in Alberta at the University of Calgary, is that I, um, I'm with, I have an ARP, so that's an alternate remuneration plan. So instead of being fee-for-service, um, we get to you know, teach residents and things like that, and uh, the university it literally kind of pays us almost like a salary to do that. Um, and that's allowed me then to be involved in the University of Calgary Dermatology Training Program, which is... Uh, one of the reasons why um, I think I can talk to you today, because I give this advice all the time to students who come to me, is, you know, what, what do I need to do to make my current application um, stand out for a dermatology residency program director who's looking at me as a potential candidate? How was your journey like in medical school that led you to going into dermatology? What, what was the catch that made you like, this is what I want to do? Okay, so um, I was I, I knew that I wanted to do a specialty and not general and not um, not family medicine. I don't want to say generalist medicine uh, because internal medicine would have been my fallback if I if I didn't get into dermatology. Um, but I I always knew that um, I also didn't want to be restricted to an age group. So if you do pediatrics, you're only seeing children. If you do geriatrics, you're only seeing the elderly. Even internal medicine, there's an age range that you're typically seeing. I didn't. I wanted to see children. I wanted to see adults, and I wanted to see. Uh, I didn't want to just see one particular gender. So if you do obstetrics and gynecology, then you're not seeing men. And if you do urology, you're not seeing the female 
side of the population. So I knew I kind of wanted a generalist type of practice in a specialty. And so that kind of led me to think, well, dermatology would be an excellent option. Um, the other thing I really liked about dermatology is I loved being able to see disease. You know, if you're thinking about someone with a heart issue, you're imagining the murmurs in your head or, or the heart sounds and what the pathology probably looks like. But without some kind of interventional radiology, you really are not seeing what's going on. And it was really nice to be able to look at something and say, oh, this is this pattern. This is what, this is the group of diseases that we're looking at. So I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. It also has my other two loves, which are microbiology and pathology. So we do a lot of microbiology in your derm training. You do a lot of pathology, histopathology, when you're training for dermatology. And um, knowing especially for pathology, having a really strong background in pathology seems to be very, very helpful in trying to understand what you're seeing clinically because you're also what you're seeing clinically is also reflected in the histopathology. So it kind of ticked all the button. It ticked all the boxes and punched all the buttons for me. And so that's when I decided that I wanted to apply and do dermatology. I think there's something really nice about being able to look at something and being like, I know exactly what this is. There's something beautiful to that. And I think that's what dermatology can be in a lot of cases. Yeah. So with that being said, how did you set yourself up for CARMS? How did you prepare for residency and all of that? Okay, so I was pre-CARMS, right? So uh, for, for me, it was um, making sure I did electives in the areas where I wanted to apply um, so that I got to know the, um, the consulting staff uh, at these, at, in these programs. I got to know the program director and the other residents and senior residents who I'd be working with. Um, and that process was incredibly helpful in terms of trying to, um, you know, because otherwise you're just a name on a page. No one knows who you are, right? So being able to connect in some way with the programs that you're interested in, I think is really invaluable. Um, if you're a superstar, you know, like you've got the gold medal and everything and, you know, you run the Olympics and you won three, nine gold medals. You know, people are going to know who you are. Right? But for the majority of us, we're just, you know, ordinary people in medicine who are trying to make our application stand out a little bit. And I will say that, you know, as being on an evaluation committee for a residency program, every single person who applies, they've got the ability to do it. They're already done medical school. They've already passed all those exams. We're not worried about them learning. We're not worrying about them being able to pass the exams at the end. What we are looking for is compatibility. You know, do you have the same values and beliefs as um, as our particular program does? So our program, we're, we we really believe in con con being very collegial. So that collegiality piece is really important. So if you come to my program as a as a resident, an R1 resident, to me, you're a junior colleague already. You know, you don't have a lot of knowledge yet, but you're still a junior colleague, and that's how you're going to be treated. You're going to be part of the team. University of Calgary is also, we're also really, really big on um, diversity. You know, we want people from all backgrounds, people from, you know, who come from all different types of edu educational directions to get to medical school. I mean, I had people in my medical school, one, one used to be a garbage man for the city before he went to medical school. Look at the raft of experience that he brings to being a physician. So, you know, bringing those, that experiential piece is really important and having that, that, 
you know, people need to come from different backgrounds. And I've had patients, I, I work very closely with an infectious disease specialist, and I've had patients, you know, who, who are from her ethnic background, when she comes into the room, their eyes light up because here's someone who understands me and understands where I'm coming from. And we need that in medicine more than anything. And I'm not just talking about ethnic diversity. I'm also talking about um, people who come from, you know, I have patients, I have the, had residents who've got ADHD and learners who are ADHD. And, you know, if I was a patient with ADHD, what it would mean to me to sit down in front of a physician who knew exactly what my, you know, I don't have to explain to them what it's like to have ADHD and have a problem with eczema. And I don't have time or I'm too rushed to put the cream on twice a day. So what are my other treatment options, right? So the University of Calgary, those are our values and belief systems that, you know, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for compatibility. Now, many of us as medicine, people in medicine, we tend to be very, um, we want to help people. You know, that's why we get into this job. We do it because we want to try and, and, and be a part of people's lives and make it better so that they can have a better and more enriching and more fulfilled life. No one wants to go through life with eczema so bad that you, you spend all night scratching and you're miserable the next day, right? You know, that's not a very good quality of life. So many of us do have those attributes that make us really good physicians and make us a great fit for a lot of dermatology programs. So then how do people, you know, get to know you? When I have students who are asking me, what should I put in my application? Because the application is pretty broad. You know, it asks you to put in there what you want to put in there. And I don't want to read 900 pages. I'm not going to read 900 pages, right? I want to read something that's fairly succinct, but gives me a really good snapshot of who you are. So if you're someone who has loved violin and you're a fabulous violin, even if you don't do it professionally, but it's a passion of yours. I want you to tell me why it's a passion of yours. Um, I want to see your references that come from people who know you. So if you've come and done a two-week elective with me, I'm not going to give you a letter of recommendation because that letter of recommendation doesn't mean anything. I've only known you for two weeks. I probably had you in four half-day clinics. All I can say is, yeah, they look pretty good. You know, you speak English really well. You communicate with patients really well. But I really can't say much about who you are as a person. Um, so if you've got someone, if you've done a PhD, for instance, and you've worked really long hours with your PhD supervisor, I would really like to see a good reference from that supervisor saying, what was your work ethic? How were you like in a team? What were you like with junior colleagues like did you take the time to be able to help teach them and uh, show them processes you know that they might have been struggling with I want to, and that all helps to give us a really good picture of who you are as a person one of the reasons that's that is so important is getting electives in dermatology is hard we do not have enough programs in the country to give medical students these electives. They're very difficult to get. So you might say, oh, I want to come to Calgary, but I wasn't able to get an elective in Calgary. I don't want that to discourage a student, a great, a great candidate, from applying to the program. If you can show us through your CIRMS application that you have an interest in dermatology, that you've worked with person X or person Y, and that they've given you, you're able to tell, tell me what your work ethic is, what, you know, what your values and beliefs are, um, and, you know, what you're like with patients and what you're like with colleagues, 
that means that means the world to me. We've got our, our last three picks, our new three new residents. Two of them are of University of Calgary, but another one is a, um, a resident that we'd never met. You know, she comes from another province. She couldn't get an elective. We'd never met her. She's not a gold medalist. You know, she doesn't have nine, you know, Olympic medals. She doesn't have a, you know, governor general award or anything like that. Nothing crazy like that that made her stand out. But um, her application was really, really good because we got to know her through what she said and what others said about her, which was, to us, it was incredibly important. Yeah, that's really great advice. I think that's like a lot better than um, the generic advice you received to have, you know, the two-week elective uh, letter, just some letters from your preceptors who may not have gotten to know you for a long period of time. So having those personal letters can really be important. So thank you for that advice. With dermatology as a whole, what do you consider to be the downsides, if there are any, and what would be the perks? So I don't see any downsides to practicing as a dermatologist. When you get your degree, you have an opportunity then, or when you get your Royal College Fellowship, you can practice in lots of different fields in dermatology. So you can do pediatric dermatology and look after kids if that's what you're interested in. You can do uh, surgical dermatology. So you can do Mohs. We have patients who do specific, uh, sorry, colleagues who do specific surgery, which is called de-roofing procedures with patients with hyperadenitis separativa. And that's a group of patients that, you know, they are, have been great grossly underserved because we didn't have great treatments for them. Now we have great treatments and they're an incredibly grateful group of people. And it's very satisfying to take someone who's in a lot of pain. You know, they have these wounds that are draining. They don't smell great. They feel terrible about themselves and to turn their lives around, to get rid of that and make it better. So you can, you can do that surgical side if you want. Um, you can do research, you can uh, do wound care, you can do uh, complex medical dermatology, you can do cosmetic dermatology. So there's lots of little niches that you can fill. When I went to Newfoundland in that underserviced area, wound and contact, wound healing and contact derm were the two niche areas that needed to be done. My other colleague was already doing a lot of psoriasis and inflammatory skin disease, but those two niches needed to be filled and you kind of fell into it, or at least I kind of fell into it, but I developed a love for doing it that made me really glad that I was given that opportunity to do so. So the advantage of dermatology is you're not, you know, you don't have to then say, I'm only going to see acne for the rest of my life, right? You have a lot of different things that you can choose. So that's a huge plus. Um, there is still call. You still need to do call. Um, you need to be able to cover your patients. So if you're not in a group practice, which means doing call, then you're doing it as an individual covering your patients 24-7, 365. But that's true in any medical specialty. You have to give after-hours care and vacation care to your patients. So, you know, that's a downside to medicine in general, if you think of that. Uh, I love doing call because that's when I see all the really interesting things. And, of course, then it's a big teaching moment for me and the residents when we go in and we see these really challenging on-call um, uh, on cases, right? Sorry, it's just, I don't want to hide your view. Um, it, it's, it is under service. Like there are big rural areas, sorry, big urban areas do have uh, a lot of dermatologists, but still not enough. They're still really busy. Um, the Kaiser Permanente says that you need one dermatologist for every 5,000 population. 
you know, so we have a lot more dermatologists that we need to train. And um, trying to get people to work rurally, it can be very difficult, not only in dermatology, but in any field, because it's very hard to practice in isolation uh, and to be the only person on deck every single day, um, you know, looking after people's problems. So, and I think that's a downside to medicine in general, rather than dermatology. So you're always going to be busy. Now, some people might think that's a plus. I'm always going to be busy. I don't have to worry about, am I going to see enough patients tomorrow to, you know, pay the overhead? Uh, you're definitely always going to be busy and as busy as you'd like it to be. Um, you do have some work-life balance with dermatology more so than with some of the uh, more intensive surgical specialties that are dealing with trauma and acute care. So it's nice to have that work-life balance if you, you know, especially if you have a family, if you have other people at home that you need to be responsible for. So those are the pros and cons of dermatology. I think there's a lot of pros and hardly any cons, though. I don't think I heard a single con in there, so that's really great. Um, speaking of work-life balance, since you're already touching on that aspect, what is your schedule sort of like as a dermatologist? And I know you do teaching as well, so how does that sort of impact your schedule? So I decided years ago that I wanted to be a 9-to-5 person, not a 7-to-3 I don't do well very early in the morning, so my clinic days usually start at nine, um, and I do uh, six and a half um, clinics. Um, wait, no. Between I do six clinics one week and, and seven clinics the next, so it works out to six and a half clinics a week. Um, I'm I tend to be able to control my time really well, um, and that's that's a process of having a really good admin staff who can help to control your schedule, so they're invaluable to have. Um, you do know that some patients are going to take more time, but you figure out ways to, um, when you're going to book that person, to make sure that the patient gets the time they need, and yet, you know, you still get to take your kids to the dentist if they need to go to the dentist sort of thing, right? Which is not as easy if you have a surgical specialty. I don't want to dump on the surgical specialties um, in terms of time. I mean, um, you know, we're so lucky to have the surgeons that we do, but there is a reason why, um, you know, sometimes our surgical specialties go unmatched. It's because of the work-life balance is still not great um, with call. With the time that you're committing to all of your patients and the expertise that you're developing and all the teaching that you're doing, do you find that you're compensated well for your position? Uh, I think with the ARP, perhaps, um, because we, if I need to take longer to spend with the patient, um, then, then that's whether I see, you know, 50 patients a day or 15 patients a day, doesn't seem to, to make a difference. Um, it is an area that I don't, there, there are areas in dermatology that are not as well compensated as others. For instance, contact dermatitis is one of the things that I do. Um, and it takes a lot of time to see, uh, to have a contact dermatitis practice. Um, most all of the contact dermatitis that's done in Canada are done with people who have university positions and it's university funded. And that's just that's just the nature of doing contact dermatitis. It's just very expensive, very time-consuming, and it's not remunerated that well. Um, the remuneration, as you know, health is provincial rather than a federal. So each province gets to set 
what his consult fees are going to be for a particular specialty. And they, they differ widely across the board in Canada. There are some provinces that, you know, they're very poorly remunerated uh, compared to other provinces. Um, and so is that a consideration? It may or may not be. I mean, it, at the end of the day, part of the work-life balance is being able to see enough patients to pay the bills. You know, it's although it's a job we love and a job we enjoy doing, you still have to pay your secretary. You still have to, you know, turn the lights on, right? And uh, and without that, you can't be you can't be seeing patients. Um, one of the things about dermatology, though, that's been really interesting, and COVID has really helped this, is using more telemedicine and remote technologies. It doesn't have to be an official telemedicine site, but even emails, stored forward technology um, to, to secure emails with patient photos has been really, really useful in trying to um, help patients who live rurally um, um, you know, get the contact that they need. So oftentimes I may see a patient here initially in Calgary for their initial visit, but for their follow-up visit, I might be able to do the next three or four follow-up visits as a phone call or an email or some kind of a virtual visit. Uh, and it saves them having to drive, you know, eight or ten hours to Calgary to be seen. So um, those are the, the, the pluses and minuses. It's not the specialty that gets paid the most in terms of public funding. Um, there is a lot of off uh, uninsured services that you can do in dermatology, uh, cosmetic services that you bill the patient directly for. Um, and that is, you know, that does make an, uh, the practice a little bit more, mm, I don't do any cosmetics myself, but I know that the majority of my colleagues who are in community do a percentage, about 20 to 30% of their practice is, un is uninsured services. Some of that's cosmetic. Some of it's things that are just not treat, you know, covered, like treating separated keratoses, which are benign lesions. So okay. it's a hard question to answer. So I guess there's quite a bit of uh, variability in terms of how much you get compensated based on what path you sort of choose. Is that right? There's a lot of regional variation and there's a lot of inter interspecialty variation as well. I know it's really hard to kind of like put a number on things, especially because there's so much of a range, but how much could you expect that someone who is just starting off their practice or someone who, you know, just completed their residency, they're fully staffed now, how much could they potentially make if they choose to kind of go, you know, the average route? So I'll talk gross rather than um, net. Because net really depends on what your office overhead is, and that really depends on where you practice and whether or not you're buying lasers and doing a significant cosmetic practice. But a gross for most dermatologists in the city is about 400000 And that's just medical dermatology, um, maybe with a small percentage of cosmetic dermatology done as well. Um, and expect 30 to 35% on average. as, um, as pro That's probably the low end for your overhead. So you can see what your net take home will be is uh, if you're only doing medical dermatology alone is probably around the $200,000 range. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And one last question for you. Uh, what is the best advice that you could give to our listeners today about navigating a career in dermatology or aspiring towards dermatology? I would say don't get put by the, um, the competitive nature of CARMS in trying to get into dermatology, it's what I would say, right? Uh, if it's something that you want to do, 
do electives in it, um, do research projects with people who are inter- you know who are who are offering them in dermatology, um, so that you can get flavor and a taste of what it's like to, to practice this way. And, um, but don't be afraid of putting, of throwing your hat in the ring. Awesome. So thank you so much for uh, your advice and being on the show. I really, I'm happy that you were able to share all this with us. Pleasure to be able to do this. All right. And that brings us to the end of our dermatology episode here on MedicMath. Thank you to all of you who have been supporting me, who are following this podcast I hope this episode inspires you to toss your hat in the ring and good luck to all of you who are applying to competitive specialties. You absolutely got this. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much and bye.